the Holy Spirit. That's what we gathered here today to, to learn about, to talk about. That third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, same thing. Spirit of God, same thing. Paraclete, advocate, counselor, comforter, all the same thing. All those words refer to the Holy Spirit. And on this day, we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit into the lives of those first disciples. It's the Holy Spirit that made it possible for the church to explode after Jesus' death and resurrection. The Spirit came in wind and flame. It brought new life. It started a new church. It made it possible for the disciples to share the living Christ so that all the world would know our Lord and Savior. Remember, they spoke in languages from every corner of the world that they knew then. Words really defy talking about the Holy Spirit or explaining what the Holy Spirit is or what it means. It's this ethereal thing. It's hard to hold on to. And maybe that's why a lot of Presbyterians don't give much thought to the Holy Spirit. I mean, we like words. Words and words and words. We are attracted to decency and order. We believe in the Creator God, a God who is steadfast, merciful, and unconditionally loving. We believe that this God is made known to us through the person of Jesus Christ, and we can read all about Jesus, about what he did and who he was in the New Testament. And so this is, this is what we hold on to because it's a lot easier to get our hands or our arms or our minds around this. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, has the potential for making things really messy. It makes life for Christians and the Christian community unpredictable. The Holy Spirit invites us into sacrifice and adventure. The Holy Spirit invites us out of our comfort zones and into a journey that doesn't always have a clear GPS destination. The Spirit of the Lord came upon an old woman named Sarah and told her that she was going to have a baby in her old age. And what was her reaction? She laughed. The Spirit of the Lord came upon a young woman, Mary, and said, you're going to have a baby. And she said, how can this be? The Holy Spirit brings crazy and impractical ideas and things into being. The Holy Spirit asks us to do things 
that we're not always sure are the right things, like taking out a pew and inviting the children to come forward and play quietly during worship? That's nuts. The Holy Spirit sometimes pushes us into things that we don't believe we're capable of doing or things that cause us to look around and say, how did I get here? It is in and through this third person that we are able to have an intimate relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us knowledge of God, that plants in our hearts the love and the faith that we need that opens us up to new possibilities. I have water here somewhere. Ah, excuse me. It opens us up to new possibilities. It creates new ways of being and doing. Now these new ways of being and doing, they are not always comfortable for us. We do not always enjoy being challenged, do we? I know for me, I was settling into retirement life. I loved it. I would get up at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person. 9 o'clock was perfect. Then I got a new puppy. I've seen 5.30 more in the last month than I'd seen it in my last three years of work. Yeah, you don't always like change, but it also brings a freshness, a newness into your life. Every once in a while, maybe something niggles at us, you know, gets under our skin a little bit, and we think, oh, well, maybe, maybe I should <clears throat> consider doing that or, or in, getting involved in that mission or volunteering for a Sunday up here in Grace Space, maybe. And then we think, oh, no. Now, they, they've got enough people. I like my spot in the pew. So we successfully push that little... Holy Spirit away so that we can continue things the way they've always been. Now, as a world, I would suggest to you that we are desperate for the Holy Spirit. In a time when we have more material possessions and access to things than we have ever had before, people are still lost. People are still searching we still have this sense of emptiness, of meaninglessness. The more that we search for can't be found in, in that new lake property we bought or in that bigger house or newer car or even in the delight of a new grandchild, although that is certainly something to be welcomed. The more that we seek deep within ourselves, that more is found through the Holy Spirit. So how do we get to the Holy Spirit? Well, there's one simple way. It's, it's a little risky, but it's an ancient prayer of the church. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
For generations, the church relied on this prayer for its very life. Peter and Paul relied on this prayer. Barnabas and Timothy and all the others who built the early Christian churches prayed this prayer. Over the generations, the church has become far more organized. We're industrialized and we're intellectualized and we think scientifically and rationally and we forget that we still have the power of the prayer, come Holy Spirit. And that that simple prayer can and will disrupt our lives. But really, what about the Book of Order? What about the Manual of Operations? What about the personnel guidelines? What about all those good and important things in church life? They beg the question of how much room we leave for the Holy Spirit in our own personal lives and in our lives as a faith community. Now we hear this reading from the second chapter of Acts almost every year. I mean, it can be read every year on Pentecost. We listen to the story of the tongues of fire dancing on the heads of the disciples, and we imagine them <clears throat> speaking in different languages, and we hear the people say, oh, they're probably all just drunk. But do we know what is really happening to them? Do we understand the power and the possibility that grows out of this story? Peter does. Because Peter says to the group, they are not drunk, friends. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Give me a break. He says, no, this is what the prophet told us was going to happen. This is what enables us to build the new church, to build God's kingdom the way Jesus invited us to build it. Don't forget that there is no Christian church at the time of Jesus' death. Jesus is born, he lives, and he dies as a Jew. The church comes afterwards. The church comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. The wind, that great wind, the flames, the tongues, all of it is what enables the beginning of what we see right here today. Many churches celebrate Pentecost as the birthday of the church, and that is not wrong by any means, but it is so much more than just another birthday. The news of Christ spread across oceans and land masses following the tongues of fire. More than 2,000 years later, there are churches, I bet I passed four, maybe five of them, just as I came down Wolf Road to get here today, just in the last two miles. Those churches grow up because of the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking to different people in different ways, in different languages. 
The disciples let the power of the Holy Spirit fill them, and because of that, they were able to do great things, and we can let that power fill us too. This church is on the brink of something new, a new leader. The power of the Holy Spirit is at work in your PNC, and it continues to work within that group. I hope, I trust, that they are aware of it. Because all the way along the search process, doors open and doors close and resumes are filled out and filed and sent and read and this committee discerns and some people rise to the top. That's not just due to the method or the madness that we employ in seeking a new pastor. It's due to the work of the Holy Spirit. And as this church is on the brink of something new and exciting, you might feel the flames dancing. You might feel a little warmer as that flame gets a little closer to you. Perhaps you will learn a new language. And I don't mean necessarily that you'll be able to speak in the language of Phrygia or even Spanish, but that you'll learn a new language in speaking to each other. Regardless of who is called to lead this congregation in the future, remember that each of us is called in our baptism to be a leader, and that each of us is given the gift of the Holy Spirit when we are baptized. It's, it's my favorite thing to do in the church is baptize. And in the baptism, we tell that child, you have been claimed by God and sealed by the Holy Spirit as Christ's own forever. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. That was true for all of us here today. So I encourage you to open your hearts and your minds. Pray, come Holy Spirit. The winds may not be as great as they were on the first Pentecost. The tongues of fire, we're probably relieved not to see too many of them. But there is excitement and anticipation about getting a new pastor. Oh, some of you might experience it as, oh, for goodness sakes, are we ever going to get a new pastor? But there's excitement and anticipation. What else explains you being here today except for the Holy Spirit? It's a beautiful, beautiful three-day weekend. I assure you, you could go anywhere you want today on I-294. It is empty. (laughs) Keep it in mind. And how do we know God's love for us if it's not? the Holy Spirit? How do we account for a vital and living mission of a church if not for the Holy Spirit? How do we account for new ideas like grace space if not for the Holy Spirit? How do we account for people saying yes to the nominating committee, to be elders, to be deacons, to be Sunday school teachers, to be members of a pastor nominating committee? 
What else allows us to put aside our personal differences, our political viewpoints, and come together as a unified body of Christ if it is not the power of the Holy Spirit? What else involves us in Christ's work in the world of feeding the hungry and finding a place for the homeless, the sick, visiting the sick and the imprisoned? If not, the Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. The Holy Spirit brings us to this place week in and week out, whether we know it or not. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to hear God's word in a new way, even when it's the same old word. It is the Holy Spirit that moves our heart as we pray, as we listen, as we sing. It is the Holy Spirit that invites us to both hope for a world and work for a world that brings God's kingdom closer to bear on earth. Now, the Holy Spirit is messy, as I already said, and it can be downright terrifying. Think about the story I read from the second chapter of Acts. The kids didn't all run out of the room for the fire drill. They stayed in the room while flames danced on their heads without burning them. A terrifying thought. And the Holy Spirit sounds like it could be spooky, you know? We call it the Holy Ghost. Ghosts come in the dark of the night. They hide their... Spirits are not always friendly. And, and the Holy Spirit isn't something we can see or feel or touch. And the Holy Spirit will propel us right out of our comfort zone. And who likes that? Not any Presbyterian that I ever met. When the church dares to pray, come, Holy Spirit, come, we dare to ask God to do a new thing. When the church prays, come, Holy Spirit, come, the church dares to say to God, we are ready to do what you want us to do, God. And when we pray, come, Holy Spirit, we are truly giving our whole lives, our whole selves, our whole community to God's plan, and God's purpose. <coughs> Those plans and purposes may be different from what they, from what we thought they would be. I was recounting for a friend just the other day my story of being called to the ministry, and I, I won't go into it because it could be long, but when I announced to my parents that <clears throat> I was accepted at Princeton Seminary and I intended to go, this was, I was five years post-college at this point, and my mother said, well, I thought you wanted to get married and have children. Who, who's going to marry a minister? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know, Mom but I don't have anybody lining up right now. So I want to do something that's meaningful. 
And I share this story with you because not only have I had the privilege of spending 36 years doing something very meaningful, I have been married for 38 years, and I have three children in their 30s, and none of that looked possible when I finally answered God's call to ministry. The Holy Spirit messes with you and ultimately has a far better purpose than anything you can imagine. When the Holy Spirit enters our hearts and we live out of that place, we are often in uncharted waters. We may find ourselves volunteering, volunteering, to do something we didn't think we were particularly good at, like lead a Bible study or visit an elderly member of the church. We may find ourselves volunteering to serve on the session. Hmm. And we will find ourselves asking hard questions around the session table, but also around our own kitchen table. We will find ourselves rethinking our priorities. We will find ourselves talking to coworkers or a friend who has the exact same thought or idea at the same time as we do. And we say, oh, what a coincidence, except it's probably what some people refer to as a God incidence or the work of the Holy Spirit. We will find ourselves making a phone call or sending a note to someone and not really knowing why that person is on our mind that day, but hearing their very relieved voice on the other end of the phone because they needed to hear from us at that very moment. Or we might find ourselves getting up in the middle of the night only to meet a sick child in the hallway halfway to our bedroom. We will find ourselves experiencing goosebumps, lumps in our throat, heart palpitations, when we don't really know why. The Holy Spirit is coming close. With the Spirit, we are all given the energy, imagination, intelligence, and love to be the body of Christ and to share our gifts for the good of all people. And when we begin to recognize the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, we will feel that wind and that energy and our lives will change for the better. For that is the very purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to bring us that abundant life that God most desires for all of us to have. The Spirit pushes us in new directions as a body of believers. The Spirit invites us to ask faithful questions, to speak of God's power, to share dreams and visions without fear and without hesitation. The Holy Spirit invites us to think differently about certain things that we may have always held on to very firmly. 
The Holy Spirit gives us life and begs us to try new things in Christ's name and because of God's amazing love. For the love of God and the life of God's church, we must continue to pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. No matter how frightened or uncertain we feel, no matter how much change scares us, the Holy Spirit is what gives us the power to be the church in the world, to be the representatives of Jesus in the world, to be the hands, the feet, the words of welcome and comfort in our world. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be all that God desires for us to be. And suddenly a sound came like the rush of a mighty wind, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.